baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. There we go. Dan Cook yelling at me before the start of the show to get my headphones on. And the microphone isn't even on. We're doing fine. We're in Fort Myers, Florida, live here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Jason DeRussia, Dan Cook, good to have you with us here. Twin spring training in effect. We spent some time today watching uh, the team take live batting practice. It was great. It's beautiful down here. The sun is shining. Optimism is in the air. And we want to get right away uh, to Derek Falvey, who joins us right in the Twins broadcast booth up here at CCO. Derek, thanks for coming in. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Spring training for everyone, right? We're it all is, trying we're to all get tra- things going down here. <laughs> That's why we do. You know, by the time we pack up and leave, we'll have it set. <laughs> I hope we will too. That's the goal. <laughs> Derek, as president of baseball operations, what is it that you're really looking for when you're down here during spring training? Well, I think the fan in you starts, right? You know, everyone who's down here and is around it and works inside the game of baseball is a fan first, right? And you look out, you see the players on the field, you hear the bats cracking, you hear fastballs hitting catcher's mitts in the bullpens. It's awesome. It, it, it's the sound. Time. There is something it's about amazing. the sound. It's amazing. And that's yeah. that's the start, right? And then, yeah. obviously, from a work standpoint, my mind shifts into looking at our young players, seeing where we're at from a depth standpoint, building the group uh, along the way. You know, ultimately, what we're doing on the minor league side and trying to build out our culture as best we can. So it's a, it's a great opportunity for us to really set the tone for the whole season yeah. for the organization. I don't know if everyone realizes that, that obviously you have the major league club down here, but there's quite a bit of minor league activity going yeah. on here, too. Yeah, I mean, at the end of camp, by the end of camp, we'll have 175 to 200 players, you know, from major league to minor league. We'll have all of our staff and all the staffs that end up at St. Paul and Wichita and in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and down here in Fort Myers, even some of our Dominican staff and some of our young kids from the Dominican Republic, they'll be over here. So it's one of the few times in baseball where we get six-ish weeks to really set the tone culturally for the whole organization. And the reality is we saw last season how often players were coming back and forth between AAA. I mean, it helps that it's a light rail uh, ride away, but, you know, the St. Paul squad and the Major League Club. Yeah, I mean, I remember just two short seasons ago watching Eddie Julian doing his work at second base on one of the backfields during this spring training Mm -hmm. time and thinking, all right, he's got some work to do. He's still got a runway ahead of him before he's a a Major League player. And then a year later, he he doesn't break with our team. He's finishing up in St. Paul, and he becomes a huge member of the team that ultimately found a way to to, to perform in October. What is it that you see in a player where you look at an an Eddie Julian and say, eh, not quite ready? Well, it's... Some of it's just the the time and the reps. You know, when you watch them, I, it, Eddie's a great example where 
offensively, he always had that great eye that he still has now, the ability to know the strike zone, when to go attack a pitch. But you see some inconsistency in the swings. You don't see the same ability to adjust and adapt to good pitching, right? And that's, that's what reps allow for. But on his side of things, the work he did defensively to make himself a good, a good enough second baseman at the big league level, I don't think we can sing his praises enough. He's still working. He's still trying to get better. But when he started as a minor league player, we thought bat first, real ability there. But the defense was really an area that might have been a liability for him. He found a way to really develop along the way and get to be the big league second baseman he is now. You know, Rocco told us today, said something about leadership that I I thought was really interesting in the little gathering with uh, the reporters here at spring training, where the question was asked about Max Kepler. Is he going to be asked to take more of a leadership role? And Rocco said, you know, I don't ever ask anybody to take a leadership role. I, I want guys to be themselves, and I care about how they play. Yeah. Like, I want them to be yeah. ready to play. I thought that was very interesting because I think, you know, narratives sometimes when you're reading about the team, you hear about, oh, someone's going to have to step up and be yeah. more of a leader. And I, I, I just wondered your thoughts on that. I thought that was very interesting and probably very correct. Like, you can't really make – someone into a leader. Yeah, Rocco and I talk about this a lot. There, There isn't a way to make and prescribe a leader. It has to be authentic, right? Whoever that leader is in that room has to be authentic. So my job, Rocco's job, our staff's job, our collective organization's job is to create the conditions and the training around a lot of our young players to learn how to lead and to put themselves into positions to be the type of leader that works best for them. Then ultimately, when they get to the big leagues, leaders start to emerge just like any other walk of life. Yeah. They start to emerge inside an organization and with Carlos Correa, with Pablo Lopez, with guys like that, they find ways to help bring the young kids along. Derek Falvey is the Twins president of baseball operations. Do you, do you have a moment in your own history where you remember like, oh, this is when I started to feel like I, I have that leadership in me? You know, it, it brings me back to early in my career when I watched good leaders. I saw my mentors helped me see yeah. what it would look like to lead. Where were but you? Then, in were Cleveland you in at the Cleveland? time, you know, working with now the Cleveland Guardians. And Terry Francona, who is a, a clear mentor of mine, a, a, a future Hall of Famer in my mind, and, and one of the best managers in our, our game's history, he kind of brought me along and allowed me to lead amongst our coaching staff and to help with some development planning mm-hmm. around players and staff in the big leagues. And when that happened... It was the clear that he gave me, he, he showed the trust in me that I could find a way to lead. And then you've got to go out there and do it, right? Yeah. There's no other way yeah. to do it other than get that experience. And that's what we're trying to get our players to understand is you need to lean in to be the best version of yourself every day and lead from wherever your feet are. So interesting, right? Like the psychological side of it. And all of us can relate to it to a certain degree in our own workplace, right? You see as different people step up. But ultimately, you're responsible for your own performance, and the same is true with these players. Yeah, there's no doubt. You have to control yourself first, right? Leading, leading others and leading a team starts with leading self. And, and if you don't show up every day the way Pablo does early in the morning, ready to go, and modeling the behavior you want everyone else to be, the same way Carlos does, the same way Buck does, then you can't be the leader of others, mm. right? And yeah. ultimately, it starts with instilling that kind of mi- work ethic and mindset and habits in the minor leagues for some of our younger players that hopefully leads to some, some long-term success in the big Baseball's leagues. a weird game, though, right? Because it's, it is a team sport that is built on the back of individual efforts. Yeah. Like it is, it is not, it's not like football where you need the offensive line to clear the way for the running back to be able to get through. Here, it's one guy at bat, 
with a chance to hit or a chance to make an out. Yeah, that's there's no doubt so that different. is the core of the sport. I, I will say that you do, and that getting back to leading self and making sure you're prepared to be the best version of yourself when you walk on the field. But last fall during our playoff games, I think we saw what good team baseball looks like yeah, in true. a way, whether the pickoff at second base that Carlos led or the ability to back up a player and make a big play to help when a guy makes an error and a ball gets by an infielder. Those are the things that matter in this game that elevate you to the next level. Your job, uh, partially, is looking at other opportunities, seeing who, who can come to make this team better. The fan base, at least part of it, has been freaking out over the last 24 hours uh, after an interview we did on this show that really just confirmed what you've been saying for months, which is that the Twins are going to be working with a lower mm-hmm. payroll this season than they did last season. Talk a little bit about the mindset in that approach. What To fans, what does that mean? Because understandably, a lot of people are disappointed when you see, like, man, we had a taste, and the Twins were spending $156 million, and now we're stepping back. Like, is it a step back to spend less? You know, you look at your team every year, and you realize that when you enter free agency, you're going to have some opportunities. And there's going to be some opportunities that don't come your way, either because a player chooses another location or because the financial parameters don't link up. What I focus on and what I look at is everything we've just been talking about, our team, our culture, the way we show up on the field, the group that we have. I mean, we have some premium players on this team already. And obviously we're looking to find ways to add to it, you know, whether it's bringing in a Carlos Santana who's been there before and has led and is a factor. And we'll continue to stay engaged in the free agent market to look at it. But not every team and not every um, specific payroll amount is, is exactly what we focus on on a, on a daily basis. There are obviously some uncertainties through this offseason uh, that we had to navigate TV. through. We didn't know TV what was the TV a reality. was going to be. But ultimately, we look at this team, we look at the core of it, we look at the engine. A lot of it right now we think is a, has a chance to give us some real success on the field, and we're hopeful we can add around the edges to it. So you're not done. Yeah, I think it's fair to say free agency now has gone later and later and later. And we've gotten to a place where it used to be we get to Twins Fest. You told us at Twins Fest, you're like, this thing's going to go late. It's not over. And subsequent to that, we had a couple other moves that came afterwards and ultimately gave us a chance to to add to this team. But that's just the reality of free agency now. Free agency now, and it's still continuing into spring training. So we don't turn our phones off. We still try and find ways to, to implement more ways to improve the team, whether that's trade or free agency or otherwise. And we won't stop doing that for the next couple of weeks. Are there quality players available? You think that are obviously, you know, you have these big four that fans are looking at with an agent sure. that has quite a history sure. of moves with the Minnesota Twins, the Boris uh, clients. But there are a number of players kind of in maybe the 4 or $5 million range. Yeah, there's a band of a, no- a number of other free agents that are still trying to figure out exactly what you the parameters are. You don't know what the, what the price range is going to be until the four get out of the way, It right? sometimes plays a role. I mean, in some cases, I think you're seeing guys come off the board that are going to specific locations for certain roles. But we look at it as we say, okay, there are certain guys out there that might fit us, that might complement our roster. Let's see. Let's stay in touch. Let's see where things shake out. And in some cases, you do have to wait for some of those other guys to go all right i don't know if that's going to make people feel better or not (laughs) i think most of us just want to know if we really feel like this team the team you have right here today do you feel they have a shot to go deep into the playoffs i mean we got we got a you know a a sort of play-in type first round win Mm -hmm. um 
What what do you see with this team? Yeah, when I look at this team, I think back to that last fall and entering the playoffs you know, with a chance to win some games with an ace in Pablo Lopez, with a group that could really perform behind him you know, from a position player standpoint. And when we got that first win, it was a little bit of monkey off the back, right, for Twins fans, for everybody in Twins territory, for all of us. But then we started to just play baseball, then got through that, you know, won that second game, got through yeah. that first round, and we played a team that's probably in the Houston Astros, one of the best teams in the American League over the last decade, and ultimately got, came close there. We, we, didn't, we didn't get to our ultimate mission, which is getting to that World Series and winning it. That's the goal. That's the, what our guys are feeling right now. All of those guys who were in those games last year, they're back, and they're ready, and they're hungry, and they want to go back and get to that moment and not feel that taste of, of bitterness at the end of it all. They want to keep it going. So we got a good group. It's an exciting group. I think it's a group Twins fans can be proud of, and ultimately I can't wait to build, front, build on it. <laughs> they're ready to go they're ready to go out here <laughs> they're Spr- testing everything out here today <laughs> it's going to be uh i think it's going to be fun i i am optimistic about this team and certainly i think we saw as a fan base what it can feel like at target field when you're really playing for something no deep doubt. into the summer no doubt it was special at target field it was special in the fall we can't wait to see our fans in the spring and carry it through the summer and have a great summer of baseball we think this team's capable and uh with guys like carlos and pablo and buxton and kepler and all these guys that have been around for a little bit now they're ready to to go to go show it all right derek falvey thank you so much for hanging out with us we yeah. appreciate it thanks for having me always, on. always good to visit with it. you thanks derek it's uh, 321 we'll take a break and be right back Live from Fort Myers Spring Training here on CCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Back here live from Fort Myers, Hammond Stadium, Twins Spring Training, drive time with Russia, along with Dan Cook. You know, obviously there's been, uh, well, I don't know, obviously, maybe you guys know, maybe you don't, but our interview yesterday with Joe Polat has had quite a bit of reaction on our radio station, other radio stations, uh, print media, citing that. You can find the interview uh, on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts, but I wanted to ask your thoughts, Dan, because Joe Joe made a statement that I didn't think was going to be so controversial because I thought it was widely known yeah. that the Twins had made a business decision where last year they had a record payroll, and this year they knew that their TV deal was going to be in question. Now, they, they signed a deal, but... a. You know, they were getting... At a reduced rate. Yeah, they were getting like $60 million from Bally for broadcast rights, and now they're getting... We don't know. We don't know. They won't have But the rumor but... is, you know, twenty at least $20 million left. Yes. On top of the fact that attendance was under 2 million people last year, and that has an impact on revenue. So you have those two things coming together, and frankly, there have been a, there's been a low attendance... You know, relative to what the uh, what the payroll has been, 
And that does have an impact on on the revenue of the organization. So the Twins said in November, like, hey, we're not going to be playing for another Carlos Correa type. Right. And so the owner straight up said it. My my reaction is thank you for being honest and not giving us a BS answer. Yeah. I do understand, and so did Joe Polad. He expressed, he's like, I understand that that fans are going to be frustrated. But you also have to think about the long-term kind of business ramifications of just spending, spending, spending. Yeah, it's a confluence of a lot of things, right? I mean, there's there's a long-running suspicion in Twins fandom of the Polad family, some of which was earned by by Joe's grandfather years and years ago, uh, some of which is just silliness and, and... you know, sports sports talk driven. Part of the fan, right. Which is part, yeah, part of being fandom. I, I think, one, people got to understand that, you know, the Twins are, are, are its own business. If the Polads, you know, are one of the richest ownership groups in baseball, yes, because they have a lot of money from a lot of other businesses. Taking money from those businesses and just pouring it into a, a different business is not how you s- sustain that level of, of wealth. One. Two, the obsession with payroll is in this town is completely off the charts with me. I, I don't, I've never understood why people get so obsessed with that number. When you look at the reality of which baseball teams are competitive and what payrolls they have in being competitive, it's all over the place. Yeah. It truly isn't in that there are teams that spend a ton of money and didn't come close to sniffing the playoffs last year. There are teams that spent very little money, Arizona Diamondbacks, and made it to the World Series. It's not how much money you spend in and of itself. It's how wisely you spend it. And so that's going to, and it doesn't mean that the twins should well, be just. Gener- lose, generally lose speaking, though, spending money does not guarantee a World Series birth, but it doesn't not guarantee playoffs. But not spending money doesn't generally pay off either. I Tell that to Tampa. Tell that to Arizona. Tell that to Baltimore. Tell that to any number of teams that made the playoffs with lower payroll. The more, the more, you know, highly successful players you have just by nature your payroll is going to go up yeah, but the twins right. payroll right now today is absolutely appro- appropriate for their market size and i don't i'm not concerned about the number people have to stop getting so crazy about the number look at the players that are on this team judge falvey and levine and the ownership group on the players that they've brought in and the trades that they've made and the free yeah. agent signings that they've made now that doesn't mean there's not room for criticism in some of those deals some of those deals have done do not look good right for the twins but that's what we should be judging, not what is the ultimate payroll. Number. Yeah, I'll just express that, like, I don't know, right? Like, I'm not a hardcore ball nerd, and so I don't know. All I know is that uh, these same players, largely, uh, had a heck of a run last year. And you think with a healthy Buxton, um, I'm intrigued. Now, there are starting pitching concerns. And so that's, that's where it comes question. down to, sure. right? The biggest like, question. They're putting a lot of trust in Chris Paddock. But the bullpen looks stronger than it was last it year. It looks, but, you know, and you bullpens are know. notoriously fickle. You just yeah. you don't know until you get out there and let these so guys play. And that's how it should be judged. Look, I, at the end of the day, you're going to read tomorrow in the newspaper or in, in some other publications about a conversation that the writers had with Carlos Correa today, who flat out said, and Carlos Correa is not a guy who would just say this, Carlos Correa said flat out, I've been on a lot of you know winning teams. I've been on World Series winning teams. I really like the team that we have here, right here, right now. Period. So, yeah, that's that works for me. I don't know. I will say, like, I prefer an owner that's going to be honest. And Absolutely. we we love having Joe on. So uh, I 
also think it's probably good to take your PR hit now and instead of out, like right before. If right they come out, how does does a pistol in April? Yeah, no one else all goes away. No one if they come out and they lose a bunch of games early in April, which has equally little to do with ultimate success. Well, then this then will keep gonna, coming up for sure. People are going to kill him. And yeah. that's, you know, that's just that's that's, that's part of the best. Yeah. I think he sleeps just fine. He should. 3.33. We will take a break. Uh, when we come back, I want to continue a conversation that started on Chad Hartman's show about the news today that Joe Biden has uh, wiped out quite a bit of student debt. Uh, I want your feedback on it. 651-461-9226. Is canceling student debt a good way to kind of free up some money to, to jumpstart maybe the economy of young people? Or is there a better way we should do it? Let's get into it when we come back on Drive Time. President Biden canceling more than a billion dollars of student loan debt is not about fairness. It's not about increasing college access. It is about politics, but it's mostly about stimulating the economy and so when people are upset about the unfairness of this situation to me they're missing the point they're missing the point do i think that canceling student loan debt for 150,000 borrowers is useful in any way in addressing the out-of-control cost of college in addressing the debt crisis in America? Not really. I don't. But do I think that this is a targeted economic stimulus effort that at least has some logic behind it? I do. I do. 651-461-9226. I want your reaction to the canceling of so much college debt by President Biden. He's canceled a total of $138 billion for almost 4 million different borrowers. He wanted to cancel $400 billion for 43 million borrowers, but the Supreme Court said, well, you can't. And I have all sorts of process concerns about this. I do wish Congress would deal with this sort of stuff instead of the president. But I do not have a major problem with saying, look, we have an age group of people that is challenged to buy a new home, to take a new job, to get married, to have kids, because college debt is crushing. And and I get those of you who say, well, I worked through it. I took a second job. I went to a less expensive college. I did And good, good for you. You did the right thing. And I suspect that you also have faced a reward from that situation in being able to start your life. I hope you have. I hope you've been able to buy a house. I hope you've been able to pay off your debt. Uh, This is... To me, no different than giving a company a giant tax rate break to to put up a skyscraper. 651-461-9226. Your call's welcome. Lots of text coming in. 
College education is too costly, and young people are stuck with a crippling debt burden that dirt burden that will affect them forever. Yes, we should do something about college costs, but in the meantime, we shouldn't deny relief to so many people because we cannot make it completely fair for those who paid off their loans. These folks need some help. There's there's a couple of great points there. One about the economic change. You talk about, you know, I had college loans for my undergraduate degree, nowhere near the same kind of college loans that I took out for my graduate degree. But the economics of college in that, you know, intervening 20-year period has changed entirely. It's completely different now trying to take out school loans than it was when I was initially, just the cost of it. So, yes, that has to be addressed. The other part of it is I think where the Biden administration has really failed here is in framing it. And I mean by that that erasing some college student loan debt needs to be part of a bigger package, of a bigger look at what's going on with the cost of college and how we address that. And all you've heard from the Biden administration is about canceling student loan debt. And I understand. Yeah. So I understand why people think this is just, you know, completely a vote grabbing move right. by his part, right. because there hasn't been wider and greater messaging about other things that need to happen and other ways to address this thing holistically. So canceling debt, I think, needs to be part of it, but it's only part of a bigger picture. And they've been done a horrible job of painting that bigger picture. Jason, our daughter had her remaining student loan debt canceled last year for someone who was barely scraping by. It was really impactful. Yeah, I, I, I'm certain it was. Mm-hmm. And to me, the reason that it's not tied up in this overall conversation about college cost is because this has very little to do with college. <laughs> this program is really about trying to help people Uh, be able to get back into the economy, get back on their feet. And that is of benefit to all of us. That is a benefit to all of us. So do I agree that something, well, hell yes, I'm paid. What I am paying to send my child off to college in New York right now is outrageous. And it was a conscious choice that I made. Right. So, you know, I understand people who say, look, these People signed these. They knew what they were doing when they were taking loans. But I'm not sure that's always the case. But I think it's generally the case. Like, I don't think people, you know, I here's where what people didn't know. We promised a generation of people that they were going to get good jobs and their college was going to be totally worth it. And they pay it off no problem. And those high paying jobs haven't necessarily materialized. So that's where things fell apart. And so I think people did know that they, they people knew they were taking on yeah. loans, but they thought that they were going to be able to pay them off. Uh, I, I don't. So I want to go back to your point about the economic impact of this, because I think that's that's a, a good one and a fair one. My point is simply that the, we have to address the fact that the college system is broken. The way that we pay for college. I agree. Just doesn't work. Part of fixing a broken system is making whole some of the people who were, in essence, victimized by that system. And that's where the paying off some of the college student loan debt makes sense. Yeah. But that needs to be part, in my opinion, of a bigger view of what's going on. And the Biden administration simply hasn't done enough to talk about that bigger view. Yeah. Now, I think this text is interesting. People willingly took those loans, just like I did. It isn't fair to people who chose to get into the trades or get jobs after school. This isn't fair Uh no, it's not fair. Yeah. It's not fair to veterans. It cheapens the benefit of the 
GI Bill. So I would say this. Uh, Life isn't fair. How could you devise a program that would be fair? Do you really want the solution? So to the this isn't fair crowd, I agree. It's not fair. But I got a full scholarship based on academics to go to school. So I didn't have to. I paid zero tuition. I paid for room and board. Uh, My parents gave me $5,000 a year. That's what I was given. And otherwise, I covered it. Um, is well, this isn't fair to me because it cheapened the. I, I, I get that reaction. If you paid off your loans, and someone else hasn't, but I would just say, like, the fact that you were able to pay off your loans meant that you were able to do other things as well. So your life has started. Uh, the fact that you didn't get it to me, is not a good reason to say we shouldn't do it for other people. That's my take. I get the frustration. Believe me, if I had just paid off my loans and then they started forgiving loans back, I would be annoyed. And I would also be optimistic that, like, we're maybe helping more Americans kind of get on their feet. Now, a lot of texters are saying this is just a read, uh, uh, more socialism, says one texter. Uh, it is a redistribution of wealth, uh, which it is. Yes, it's. Why don't I say, it? Jason? Why don't you say you're all in favor of the biggest transfer of wealth over four years that our country has ever seen? Okay, like I mean, is it a big transfer of wealth? I mean, it's not a dollar-for-dollar cost for giving this debt. A lot of this debt would have never been paid back. So to a certain degree, you're, you're relieving some of, some of the kind of life burden and stress and inability to move forward. I, I don't know what the right, the right way to do it is. You know, maybe it would be better if we just lowered everyone's interest rates to 1%. And say, now you can pay it off easier. Um, I don't know. Keep your text coming. Keep keep the comments to 651-461-9226. We'll talk more after this. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 